Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night. Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for november 28th 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday evenings wherever you may be and nick 
motherfucking Williams. Get this man whatever he wants to drink, man. Nick Williams with a $100 super chat right at the top. First off, Mortal Kombat, straight fire. I know. I know, man. I, lo I love that theme. Where did I find it? Maybe I'll tell you one day, man. Uh, Mortal Kombat, straight fire. Second, this Raw was a huge improvement over the last few weeks. Austin Theory is showing massive improvement. People are going to cry like how Lesnar ended the streak. Get Kevin Patrick out. Get him out. Call, call Lesnar to F5 him like Michael Cole. Yes. Yes, he's got he's to get the hell out of there, man. Kevin Patrick is awful. He is absolutely unlistenable on Monday night. Nick Williams, thank you so much, brother. Right at the top with the $100 super chat right here on the Monday Night Raw post show, man. Monday Night Raw tonight. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, I said last week. Let's go back one week. I said last week Monday Night Raw was missing something. We can't complain about the three hours because... The three hours is stuck with us. It's not going anywhere. Monday Night Raw is missing something. How do we fix Monday Night Raw? Monday Night Raw is definitely better than what Vince McMahon was giving us. Anything is better than what Vince McMahon was giving us. Sad thing is Bruce is still there, which I'm counting down the days until he's gone. Get him out. It is better than what Vince McMahon has been giving us, but it, it has... I don't want to say suffered, because it's not, like I said, as bad as Vince McMahon. But it definitely is missing something to a point where it wasn't really good television. Enough to digest for three hours and not find something to complain about. I said last week that they were missing intensity. I said last week that they were missing focus. Felt like they were missing that raw that made Monday Night Raw so revolutionary. That made Monday Night Raw a destination spot on Monday night. Now, Triple H, he's got a great roster on Monday Night Raw. Three hours is a lot to fill in for said roster. But they were definitely missing something. I feel like coming out of, and they're missing a world champion. I can't forget that. That is a huge part of it all. They are definitely missing a world champion. No doubt about it. Hopefully we, hopefully we get that fixed after WrestleMania. But what they did tonight, and I do think coming out of War Games really gave them that extra oomph that they were missing. Because War Games, to me, Survivor Series was a very good show. Coming out of War Games, going into Monday Night Raw, I felt like they still had that energy. Everybody was riding high after what I thought was a successful pay-per-view. We got that intensity on Monday Night Raw. It also helps when the crowd is very lively which they were in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, I believe they were. Great crowd tonight. At least they weren't like Wilkes, barely alive Pennsylvania. These guys are fucking terrible. Barely alive Pennsylvania, man. Nobody wants to see them. Get them out of here. Get them out. Get them out. Terrible. I hope WWE never runs another fucking show there. Awful. I know. It's awful, man. Barely alive Pennsylvania. Get them out. Terrible, terrible crowd. But... Tonight, they brought back that intensity. The opening segment with Becky Lynch and Bailey gave you a little bit of that. I'll talk about 
what was good about that and what was bad about it. I feel like WWE always finds a way to make Becky Lynch cringe. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. There was a little bit of that intensity in that opening segment. Then we get to the Judgment Day, OC, me, Yim, Rhea Ripley. The intensity was in that match. I thought that was great stuff there. And all through the night, all through the night, really, we got a great match with Alpha Academy and Street Profits. We got a great match with Jey Uso and Kevin Owens. That intensity was there. The storytelling was there. The focus was there tonight. And this all resulted in what I thought was a very good Monday Night Raw. Much better than the last several weeks, no doubt about it. And it was definitely spearheaded by Kevin Owens and the bloodline and Sami Zayn. And what is the best storyline in all of professional wrestling right now? But we might as well start with the bloodline. And I know this was a uh, big topic of discussion coming out of the Survivor Series. I thought that was a tremendous storyline to close the show. Uh, There is a report going around that Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns had uh, a little backstage scuffle. I may do a a video on that tomorrow, an extra on that. I'll keep you guys posted on that. But the bloodline on tonight's show, the whole thing about this was the continuation coming out of Survivor Series. Sami Zayn won the War Games match for the bloodline. He did what he needed to do to show the bloodline that he is with them no matter how long he's known Kevin Owens. And I love the line from Michael Cole at Survivor Series. Kevin Owens was... I believe getting married and Sami Zayn was the best man at his wedding. That's how deep these guys go. Obviously, you guys know their story of the Indies and them traveling to WWE together and just finding success together. They are legitimately real-life best friends. That's what making that's what's making this storyline even more greater than it really uh, needs to be. But tonight was a continuation coming out of Survivor Series. Kevin Owens, he got low-blowed by Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was fully accepted by Roman Reigns, which kind of was already the case, but there was a little hiccup on Friday Night SmackDown where Jey Uso was lied to by Sami Zayn, but at the end of that match, Jey Uso was the one to fully embrace Sami Zayn, and that was the moment there. That was the moment that will ring heavy in this storyline moving forward. So we come to tonight, and Kevin Owens has a problem. And I said it on Saturday. I said, I know why Sami Zayn did what he did. I'm sure Kevin Owens is okay with what Sami Zayn did at Survivor Series because that was Kevin Owens in NXT. That was the NXT version of Kevin Owens. What Sami Zayn did by any means necessary, Kevin Owens should be the one to appreciate the lengths that Sami Zayn is going to. And he even said that. He uttered that tonight on Raw. He ended the 20-year relationship with Sami Zayn. They mutually parted ways. Kevin Owens didn't want to be Sami Zayn's friend anymore. He doesn't want to travel with him. He doesn't want to talk to him. He doesn't want to know him. He doesn't want to know he exists. He doesn't want to wrestle him. Nothing. He wants nothing to do with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn then in return, because he's in the bloodline and he needs to continue showing allegiance, no matter how heartbreaking it is to let someone like Kevin Owens walk out of your life, basically said, you know what? I feel the same way you do. Mutually parted ways, they are no longer friends. This led to Jey Uso and Kevin Owens, and this is going to be another one of those big asterisks in the overall storyline that is the bloodline and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. 
Kevin Owens, to me, I'm feeling like he's using this as a manipulation tactic. I feel like this was used by Kevin Owens. Now, Kevin Owens is a hard ass. He's very stern and very direct, is Kevin Owens. But when it comes to Sami Zayn and vice versa, there's always been a soft spot for Sami Zayn when it comes to Kevin Owens and vice versa with Sami Zayn in regards to their relationship. I feel like this is a manipulation tactic. I feel like this is a strategy by Kevin Owens. At the end of all this, I feel like Kevin Owens obviously is going to be the one to really be there. He's he's just dropping clues. You're not their blood. What happens when they end up getting rid of you? You are not their blood. At the end of the day, you are not in the bloodline. You're pretending to be. They could drop you like that. They're going to get rid of you. When that happens, who's going to be there for you? He's leaving these clues. Sami Zayn may not see it now, but when it does happen, that's when they come together again, and it's going to be one hell of a moment. There's going to be a lot of tears. Grown men, adult men, are going to be crying. Tears with their their fucking beer in hand whenever this happens, wherever it happens. Grown men, adult men will end up crying when Sami Zayn gets the beating of a fucking lifetime from the bloodline. How we go about this, I don't know. I'm hearing rumors. I'm hearing stories that Sami Zayn is going to go one-on-one with Roman Reigns. That's the plan at the Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Some people are even advocating for Sami Zayn to take the world championships off of Roman Reigns. Now, I think, listen, if that happens, I have absolutely no fucking problem with that. None. Can you imagine the fucking pop that Sami Zayn would get if he beats Roman Reigns for the world championships? Can you imagine? Holy shit. But I think that's a little, that's a little over the top there as far as speculation and dream scenarios are concerned. To me, that's, that's Cody. That's got to that's be Cody. But where all of this leads, I've said this for months, Sammy and Kevin Owens against the Usos. Because it's not so much about Roman. It's all about the Usos. Sammy Zayn tonight spoke to individually Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso. It's about them. It's going to be about them. Roman is going to do Roman. Roman's going to act on it. Roman is going to make the decisions for the bloodline. He's the head of the table. He's the tribal chief. He's going to make those decisions when it comes down to it. And it's going to be all about Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso when it comes to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So I'm loving. It's so layered. The layered aspects of this storyline are absolutely fantastic. I, I Listen, I don't know who is in charge of all this. I don't know who is spearheading all of this. I don't know if it's a collective effort from all of the bloodline of Paul Heyman. I don't know if Triple H is throwing in his two cents. I don't know. But whoever is in charge of this thing, this is the best storyline in WWE in what's gotta be 10 plus years. Easy. Since the Yes Movement. Since the Yes Movement, this is the best storyline that WWE's had. I love it. It's gonna be tremendous, man. That Elimination Chamber is gonna be one Hell of a fucking emotional roller coaster. It's going to be great. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is now the man of the people. 
She is back on Monday night after four months of being away. Her first match back was conveniently a War Games match on Saturday's pay-per-view. She was the winning pinfall as she pinned uh, both Damage Control members, Tag Team Champions, Dakota Kai and Io Sky, with a leg drop off the top of the cage through a table. And coming out of that show on my post-show, I said, Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley, possibility. Possibility for a brand new feud. I think you should keep those two apart. I don't think that's the way to go. Happy to see WWE kind of go ahead and do exactly that. Keep them apart. Bailey and Becky Lynch, that's another story. We really haven't gotten a full-fledged Bailey and Becky feud on the main roster as both women now are at the popularity that they are at. We've seen Becky and Sasha. We've seen Becky and Charlotte. We've seen Sasha and Charlotte. We've seen Sasha and Bailey. We've seen Charlotte and Bailey. We haven't seen Becky and Bailey. So WWE seemingly is going to go with Becky Lynch and Bailey as the top women's program outside of Bianca Belair and whomever she is going to be feuding with next over the Raw Women's Championship. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. I said this on Saturday as well. It actually may be what Bailey needs to get over this unsurmountable hump that she's just stuck behind. Damage control has not factored into much of anything, man. They are in the top women's program and have been for the last several months, but they are dead to rights. Nobody cares. Becky Lynch even alluded to, you're losers. You don't get the respect you deserve because you are losers. You lose. That was actually like more than just a shot at Bailey via a promo on Raw. That was a legit shoot. So, yes, they're setting up Becky and Bailey for the major program outside the Women's Championship on Monday night. And I thought the brawl with Becky and Damage Control, it started off good. It started off a little cringe with her interviewing and asking questions to these obvious plants in the crowd. One guy tried to put his arm around Becky, and she backed away like, bro, don't touch me. So I thought that was a little cringe and a little lame. This guy named Bob, who was wearing an X-Men sweater. So they brawl into the mezzanine. They brawl into the concessions. There's a big brawl over the merchandise table, and things get a little sloppy, and things get a little chaotic and not a good way. I like the intensity. I like the effort. I like the fact that the opening segment kind of led into what happened next, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But all in all, I just feel like WWE can't really do right by Becky Lynch. She always sounds cringe. She's always sounding like she's joking around and she's fun-loving and this and that. You know, when Becky Lynch was the man and she was at the height of her popularity in that moment, chasing Ronda and chasing the Raw Women's Championship, Becky wasn't really all fun and games. She was some fun and games, but man, she was fucking down to business. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Now she's all joking about and making jokes and cracking jokes here and there. Becky needs to be serious. For the first time in four months, we've seen that serious side of Becky Lynch inside War Games. Right back on Monday Night Raw, she's a little, she's a little comedic. And she wants to be fun-loving. We got we, we to gotta get back to business. We got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to work. Becky Lynch is better when she's serious and sometimes funny. Becky Lynch is not good when she's mostly funny and sometimes serious. That's the way I feel about Becky Lynch. 
So we will go over that and what I thought of the opening segment a little further as it bled into a great eight-person tag team match with the Bloodline and the OC. And we got a lot of other things to talk about. I'll briefly mention Ronda as well when we talk about the opening segment. Lots of stuff to get into tonight, guys. This fire Ronda Rousey hashtag was trending legitimately on social media. So I appreciate you guys joining me tonight, man. We, we, we got 2,300 plus in the venue tonight. Thank you. Awesome. Have a seat, order a drink, pop open your finest cold beverage, and enjoy the show, man. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That is Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, which we had a fantastic day on, not Bloodline. Did I say Bloodline? Uh, Judgment Day. Um, Fantastic day on Twitter. Fantastic day on Twitter. Our two clips on Twitter, we got almost 100,000 views. On TikTok, man. Tremendous. And it was thanks to that Ronda Rousey clip, which apparently a lot of people actually agreed with me on the Ronda Rousey clip. She's the worst women's champion of the modern era. Just look at her performance at Survivor Series. Look at her body of work this year alone. Everything she's in is awful. So I appreciate all the support on that, man. And believe me, I am not in charge of the fire Ronda Rousey hashtag. I did not start it. It's convenient that this got started by some geek on social media. And then backed it up with my video, which most of the people agree with. But follow me on social media, man. Good day today. Thank you guys for the support. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content, including the Survivor Series post show on Saturday. Excellent stuff there. I thought it was one of the better post shows that we did all year. So go check that out. And anything else that you might have missed on the channel, it's all there. Hit that thumbs up. We got 2,300 people in here, man. I only see 554 likes. We need 1,000. Absolutely no questions asked. Minimum. Minimum. Where are you? Hit that thumbs up. It's absolutely free to do. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Become like Nick Williams, man. Get them on in. We'll hang out. With our cold beverages and the memberships, man. Memberships are open for the VIP club. Get them on in. Hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS. Tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. You're going to want to download Honey for free. And you're going to want to use Honey during your holiday shopping season. That's all I'm saying. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. It's a great way to support the show. And I want to thank them for being such a great family member of the OTS family. It's got to be about three or four years running now, man. I love honey. JordanHoney.com slash off the script. Let's start at the top with Monday Night Raw, man. Becky Lynch is the man of the people. She's the man. Don't really care for the man gimmick, but she's the man Of the people in WWE. So, Becky comes out. She opens Raw. And she gets into the ring. And she worked her way around ringside. Then into the crowd. She stopped by a fan whose name was Bobby. His name was Bobby. He was 
an overly large fellow with a big beard, and he had an X-Men hoodie on, yellow. So fans are chanting, Bobby, Bobby, and he had his phone out. He was filming the whole thing. I, 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 maybe these guys were plants. Maybe they were genuine. I have no idea. I, I don't know why WWE would have a segment like this and then start putting the microphone in the fans' mouths uh, and in the face of the fans. You know, God knows what's going to be said if you got a normal human being with a microphone, a live microphone on WWE television in their face. So I'm assuming we'll just say that they were plants. Bob. Bob. Mr. X-Man himself, Bob. So... She is asking him a question. Becky talked with him, and he's on live TV, and he's obviously pro-Becky Lynch. Then she goes over to somebody who's in the other aisle across the way, and his name was Zachary. Now, this guy looked like a creeper, bro. This guy looked like uh, one of the weirdos that you would see at one of these shows, at one of these conventions, hugging all the performers and rubbing up on them. This guy looked like a weirdo. Zachary looked like a fucking weirdo. This guy put his arm around Becky Lynch, like I said before, and she quickly deaded that shit, and she moved away from him, and it was like, bro, really? I couldn't even watch. Zachary was a fucking weirdo. So, and she was there, and she was saying, and there's a lot of business to be taken care of because... She jumped off the top of the cage and took care of business inside war games. But there's a lot more business to take care of. Zachary then shouted like a geek, That's what the man does! <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, I don't go to these shows and act like, <laughs> you know, it's great people having a good time, but I mean, I don't know, man. I'm a mark, but I'm not a mark. To that extent, to that degree. But here we got Zachary. So she said during her time away, she saw old faces return and new faces arrive and said she's eager to slap the heads off each and every one of them. She then interrupted, uh, or was interrupted rather, by Bailey's music. Leave it to Bailey to ruin the greatest moment of Zachary's life, said Corey Graves. Even Corey Graves knew that this guy looked like a fucking weirdo. Bailey is out there. She's in the ring. She said that she thought Becky returned to WWE and felt humbled since she was hobnobbing with the idiot peasants in the crowd. She told the booing fans to shut up. She got booed. This definitely felt like old Bailey, old heel Bailey tonight. That's what we need to go back to. So she called the fans idiot peasants. Becky stayed in the crowd. They were bickering back and forth. Bailey said Becky went on and on and on about putting her body on the line for the fans. Bailey said that's what she's been doing for four months. Ever since Becky's been out. Where's my fucking cheers? Where's my respect, says Bailey. You come back and have one match. Oh, my God. No respect after four months. And I've done ladder match, last woman standing match, war games match. Where's my respect? Where's the respect for your role model, says Bailey. Bailey said the fan, Bobby, sucks. Then we got another chant of Bobby, Bobby. 
Becky says, no, he doesn't. Bobby told Becky, go kick her butt, Bailey. Oh, Becky, I don't know. Go kick her butt, Becky. <laughs> go kick her butt, Becky. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's the, that's the extent of your words on live television. Couldn't embellish a little bit more, huh? Go kick a ass, Becky. Why so tame? Why so tame? This is why you can't give fans a live microphone, man. They're either going to shit the bed or just make an embarrassment out of themselves. And that's what these two guys did. Lame. Never involve the fans in a segment like this. It just comes off very forced and lame. So Dakota Kai and EO Sky came walking down the steps in the crowd behind Becky. They went after her. Becky took some cardboard sign or some poster of a fan and started hitting damage control with it. They brawled up the stairs and into the concourse. Concourse already had been cleared by security. There was a barricade section with fans because you knew something was going to happen here. They destroyed a merch stand area that had nothing on it at all. There was no merch. I think uh, Becky got nailed with one of the Money in the Bank lunch boxes. They were throwing plush stuffed animals at each other. Becky was thrown over the tables, and then she got immediately back up and flipped the tables over. A bunch of security got involved. And broke everybody up. They continued throwing stuffed animals at each other. Bailey was throwing shirts at Becky Lynch. I mean, I appreciate the effort, man. You know, I I appreciate the effort, but I I don't I, I don't think this came off good. I don't. Now listen, I appreciate the effort in raising the intensity up. And I appreciate everything that Paul Levesque is doing to change the vibe of Monday Night Raw. I really do. But the overall brawl of this, yes, it did come off as intense, but there was nothing intense about it. Nothing. This was more of a fucking comedy circus than an intense brawl. I mean, if they think throwing fucking t-shirts and stuffed animals is a great way to sell a fucking budding feud between Bailey and Becky Lynch, we're off on the wrong foot. We're getting started on the wrong foot. I'm sorry. 
Not going to sit here and sugarcoat anything for you. Could it have been done better? Absolutely. Is the effort there? Sure. There was nothing intense about this. There was nothing about this that got you excited to see Bailey and Becky Lynch fighting, feuding in the next several weeks on Monday Night Raw. I mean, if that's your thing, great. But when I want to see the start of a feud, I would rather not have it be where someone is throwing teddy bears at another person or T-shirts at another person over a fake merch stand that barely had any fucking merch on it. This was not a good start to the Bailey and Becky feud. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know where they start from this, where they go from here. Bailey is great. Everybody loves Bailey. Everybody wants to see Bailey succeed. But putting Bailey in a feud with Becky after damage control has been basically shot to shit in the last four months doesn't necessarily bode well for Bailey. Does anybody expect Bailey to beat Becky in this feud? I don't know. It's going to take more than that to fix whatever's wrong with damage control. As far as I'm concerned, I'd break damage control up. I don't think Bailey needs to be the leader of anything. Bailey needs to be on her own. In theory, the idea was great. When we seen it at SummerSlam, it was like, oh shit, everybody loves Zio. Everybody wanted to see Dakota Kai back. Everybody thought Bailey's run as a heel was great before she got injured. But having Bailey lead a group, I don't think it's the right way to go. I think Bailey needs to be on her own. Now, as far as Becky Lynch is concerned, WWE's back to the man, Becky Lynch. Less comedy, more serious. Less, less, you know, hokey fucking promos, more seriousness. Becky Lynch needs to be serious. She is back after four months. She lost her Raw Women's Championship. She is the fifth member of Bianca's War Games team. One War Games, 14 Bianca. She needs to get down and serious. I'm not saying she can't be jovial and funny and that Irish charm that everybody loves about Becky Lynch. Less of that and more seriousness. This is a redo of what Vince McMahon fucked up with Becky Lynch. Vince McMahon's version of Becky Lynch was basically my precious, my little <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wanted to see that. That was Vince fucking up like usual. That was Bruce on a Sunday night while watching TNT calling Vince up. Hey, Vince, we can turn Becky into a fucking weird creature that dwells in a cave that fucking idolizes a ring. Nobody wanted to see that. But here we are right back to cringe Becky Lynch. Cringe, cringe, cringe. Everything about Becky Lynch just comes off as cringe. The less Becky Lynch said, the better. The more ass-kicking Becky Lynch does, the better, like she did at War Games. Like she did at War Games. Like she did on Friday night when she was announced. She was announced. She got there. She arrived. She kicked ass. She left. Simple. Why do we need to go to this cringy version of Becky Lynch? Dip in, dip out. I want to like Becky, but it's very difficult to watch her and like her. 
Now, as far as the rumored Becky Lynch direction going into WrestleMania season, I might as well talk about this now. The Royal Rumble. Everybody's already predicting Becky Lynch to win the Royal Rumble. No. Said this on Saturday. Becky Lynch should not win the Royal Rumble. At all. Rhea Ripley should win the Royal Rumble. That is my pick. That is my prediction. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Royal Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley has worked her ass off to get everything in Judgment Day to where it is. She's one of the more popular acts of 2022. You reward hard work and the just push to be better. So you reward Be- uh, Rhea Ripley with Bianca Belair. Everybody's like, oh, R- Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. <laughs> Gotta get Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Absolutely fuck no. No. If you are out there, and this goes for the Ryan Satins of the IWC, who, who are as dumb as a box of crayons is Ryan Satin. A blithering fucking fool who tried to defend Ronda Rousey. Of course he tried to defend Ronda Rousey today from the fire Ronda Rousey bullshit that was going around on free speech Twitter now. Why are you defending something that is actively terrible on the show? Oh, that's right. You're sucking that WWE cock. It's great. It must taste great. So much so, he defended Ronda Rousey. People are still asking for Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. If you are one of these people that are actively seeking Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, A, you're a fucking idiot. You should not be anywhere near a pro wrestling show. Number two, you are actively asking for WrestleMania to be worse than it really should be. Three, you're disrespecting Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch does not deserve Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. And vice versa. Becky Lynch doesn't deserve Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania for the simple fact that it's beneath Becky Lynch. Ronda Rousey doesn't deserve Becky Lynch at WrestleMania because Ronda doesn't deserve Becky Lynch's spotlight. She's the worst women's champion of the modern era. Nothing she does, I said this, I said this, I said this on Saturday. Nothing she does is important. Nothing she does feels important. She can't cut a fucking promo. You're there for three fucking years. You'd think you'd learn to take a fucking promo class. Nothing. She can't cut a promo. Doesn't know how, she don't even know how to hold a fucking microphone. Never mind cut a promo. She can't wrestle. She can't sell. She can't speak. She's Sully the Roddy Piper name. What else do I have to tell you about Ronda? She's there for an easy dollar. She's there to make a quick buck. She knows she doesn't need WWE. She don't need it, and she don't want it. The fuck is she there for? The one thing I don't want to watch is somebody that doesn't want to be there. No, but she helped Liv Morgan. Fuck off. Helping Liv Morgan do what? Miss Survivor Series? Helping Liv Morgan do what? Look weak? Oh, but they had a good match. So what? Who's the champ? Who did they put their faith in? It's not Liv Morgan. 
Where's Liv Morgan now? Can't even find television time. Why? Because Ronda Rousey's the women's champion. That's why. What is Liv Morgan going to do on Friday night? No, but keep asking for Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. You are actively asking for WrestleMania to be worse than it really needs to be. And I don't want to watch somebody that does not want to be there. And neither should you. Shame on you. You should want better. You should want what we want. You should want what I want. Better television. Ronda Rousey makes television worse. Every single fucking week. It's not even a debate. Get her out. I'm not asking for her to be fired. I'm asking for her to drop the fucking title to somebody who deserves it and then leave. Do I want her fired? I don't want anybody fucking fired. But get the fuck out. Leave. And never come back. We don't even want you. Vincent Tarantini. $100 super chat. I tried to represent OTS on TV and Twitter. Glad Norfolk made Raw great. I told you we would. JD is still number one. And I will continue to represent OTS as long as I can. Vincent Tarantini, thank you so much, brother. With the $100 super chat. Now, what I did like most about the opening segment, and this is a very, very nice critique about the opening segment. Yes, it did sound like I didn't really care for it, but I appreciate the effort, but I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I don't want to see teddy bears being thrown around in a, in a big melee brawl to start Monday Night Raw. That's not, that's not the intensity that I asked for. If you want to go see that, go to fucking uh, Toys R Us, okay? Are they still around? Toys R Us? What about KB Toys? They're not around, right? FAO Schwartz. Go to FAO Schwartz in the city, man. Don't bring that shit to Monday Night Raw, okay? So what I did like about this opening segment was that it bled into Rhea Ripley and Mia Yim. Meechin, Mia Yim. And then from Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley, we got a big eight-person tag team match between the Judgment Day and the OC. So this was AJ, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Mia Yim against Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley. So what Triple H did here was give you Survivor Series after Survivor Series. This should have been at Survivor Series. I actually thought this was better than the Balor and AJ Styles match at Survivor Series. Now, you may not agree with me on that, but I think this was better. Just based off the in-ring action that we saw, the crowd was heavily into it. They were all over it. And we got that great spot with Mia Yim at the end of the match with Rhea Ripley. What this did was bleed into this match, and it really showcased how great the women's division is on Monday Night Raw. And I'm still asking for Triple H. I'm still asking for Papa H over here to fix the SmackDown women's division. Led by Ronda Drowsy! Conveniently named after one of the funniest Pokemon 
in the Pokemon universe. Ronda Rousey is a fun fact. Ronda Rousey's favorite Pokemon is Drowsy. Look him up. Do I? I don't even think I have him in my Pokedex on Pokemon Go. That's her favorite Pokemon, Drowsy. That's where she got the Ronda Drowsy moniker from. What this did was really show you how great the Monday Night Raw women's division is. And what I thought that they did with the ladies at the end of this match was really, really good. So we got our first match between these two ladies and Ripley towards the end of this thing. It went about eight minutes, ended in a DQ. Ripley blocked an eight defeat. But Mia Yim, which is Mia Yim's finishing move, by the way, but Mia Yim countered a riptide into a spike DDT. Yim set up for a dive. Dominic got on the apron to block her, so Ripley attacked her from behind. Dominic just stood around in the ring for a moment until AJ Styles absolutely came out of nowhere and decked him, tackled him to the ground. The referee called for the bell. There was a big melee. Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, they all ran down. They got involved until the OC cleared the ring. Styles grabbed the microphone. As Judgment Day was about to walk out, they thought that their night was over. And X, the Judgment Day, whoa, where are you guys going? Where are you guys going? He challenged them to a four-on-four match. Judgment Day charged into the ring, and they brawled. And we got a eight-person tag team match to kick off Monday Night Raw, which was following the DQ of Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley. Now, Monday Night Raw was hour one commercial free. All of hour one was commercial free, which I appreciate when they do it because the show just flows a lot better than seeing fucking eight commercial breaks within the hour. I thought this was great. You saw everything. Everything was easily digestible. You did get a lot more commercials during the show, but I thought this was great. To watch all of this play out in its entirety, I thought this was great stuff. So we got this eight-man tag, and I said like I did before, I thought Triple H gave us this match as a, hey, Survivor Series is not over yet, folks. We're still in Survivor Series swing. This is still Survivor Series weekend, man. We got Monday Night Raw. I feel like he wanted to give us a little bit of the traditional Survivor Series on Monday night here with the Judgment Day and the OC. I would have absolutely loved to see this match on Survivor Series Saturday. I thought this would have been a tremendous match on Saturday if it was a traditional Survivor Series elimination match. This is what it should have been. And like I said before, I would have much rather seen this than Balor and Styles one-on-one. Now, that was a very good match, but I thought this one was better just because the crowd in Boston was a little lame, and this crowd was a lot better, a lot more energetic. So we got a big eight-person tag team match. It went nearly 15 minutes. Styles was in the ring with Balor. He was being beaten down. Balor is in control. Styles is making a little bit of a comeback. Gallows wiped out Priest on the announce desk. Styles was trying to fight off Dominic's interference, gave Balor a backflip DDT. Rhea Ripley broke up the cover. She's not afraid to get in there with the guys. Ripley tried to kick Styles, but Styles caught it. They teased that Styles might do something to her, but Balor gave him a sling blade. Ripley and Mia Yim made hot tags. Mia Yim came in, so we're picking right up from the opening match with Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley one-on-one. The ladies are in there. Ripley and Mia Yim made hot tags. They are in there. Yim gave her a running boot. Cannonball suicide dive in the ring. Dominic saved Priest from a magic killer from the OC. 
and sent Anderson into the ring post. Priest then choked Gallows out with a choke slam down. Styles took out Priest with a phenomenal forearm. Balor threw Styles from the ring before Mia Yim was in there. Saw Balor standing by himself. Picked up Balor. Body slammed Balor down. And the crowd erupted. Big reaction for Mia Yim when she body slammed Finn Balor. I'll get back to that in a second. Mia Yim went after Dominic. She was going to do the same thing to Dominic. But Rhea Ripley comes from behind, kicked her leg out, and gave her a riptide for the one, two, three. Great match. Fun stuff here. Helped that the crowd was very into it. A lot more into the Judgment Day OC stuff than uh, Boston was for Survivor Series. Like I said before, the opening segment with Becky Lynch and Damage Control bled into Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley, which then bled into this eight-person tag team match, with ended, which ended up being Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley at the end of this one as well. It was a great showcase for how good the Monday Night Raw women's division really could be. And really is. The name value in the Monday Night Raw women's division is there. We just need some solid creative, and we need some solid booking going into the division. And I like the fact that Monday Night Raw, and, you know, AEW can really take a page out of WWE's book, and I wish that they would do the same thing and put the same effort into SmackDown on Friday night with their women's division, which is fucking ridiculously bad. I like the fact that Bianca has her thing going on. We don't know who is next. Maybe Bliss. Then we got Becky and Bailey. We got Ripley and Mia Yim. Ripley and the Judgment Day against OC. There are multiple women's storylines on Monday Night Raw. That is a very good thing. That is a great way for the fans to look at the show and look at the division, strengthening the division. It's a great way to find out who is going to be next for Bianca Belair when that time comes. It's going to be easily... You know, something to pick out. Oh, it's going to be Rhea Ripley. Oh, it's going to be Becky Lynch. Oh, it's going to be this, this one, and that one. The more, the more we see active storylines like this taking place in the women's division, the easier it's going to be to determine who Bianca Belair's next opponent is going to be instead of doing the fundamental, boring WWE way of life. Oh, yeah, we'll just throw all these women in a fucking five-pack challenge or a six-pack challenge or a fatal four-way Or just give somebody a random title shot that doesn't even fucking deserve one. I like it. I think it's a great decision. I think it's a great way to get the women's division spotlighted and put focus on it. So that's that's what I really liked about the opening segment. How everything just kind of bled one into the other and the women's division was really focused on and showcased. Hey, this was basically Triple H giving you a little bit of Survivor Series, a little bit of traditional Survivor Series. And Triple H said, hey, this is our women's division. Look at us. Becky's back. It's now back at full strength. Candice LeRae is back. We're back at full strength. A lot of women's presence on this show. It's great. Byron Saxton. He interviewed a returning Montez Ford. Angelo Dawkins is probably over the moon happy about this. The Prophets were in the parking garage. Montez says it feels as good to be back as Byron Saxton looks. Ford talked about all the changes since he was last there. He said that they are back tonight and back in business. Otis and Gable then interrupted and then shush, shush them. Gable says he thought 
He didn't have to hear the prophet's annoying catchphrase anymore. He says he's been busy himself making himself the best part of Monday Night Raw, and it's been better without the Street Profits. He said he requested a match with them, and they plan to put the Profits back on the shelf. He said since all his ideas are awesome, the match was approved. Angelo Dawkins said Gable looks like the elf on the shelf. He made fun of his height and says he couldn't see him. Otis then said, he's right here. Prophets yelled at Gable, we want the smoke. Gable insisted, I ain't no elf. So no real change to the Prophets, nothing as far as presentation and attitude or anything. They just picked up right where they left off. They are, you know, basically the same Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. And I love Otis and Gable. I, I, I got, you know, these two guys at the top of my list in the tag team division. I love both of them. I think they're great. And I'd like to see some championships. I mean, the bloodline, man. I get that the bloodline thing right now is the best thing, the best story in all of pro wrestling. But you are tying up the tag team titles and you're tying up the the world titles on both the Usos and Roman Reigns. And yet you got teams like the Street Profits and Alpha Academy who don't have anything to fight for. That's a problem. Now, I know we're all excited about a potential Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Usos, WrestleMania match, but, I mean, that's not till April. We're going into December this week. December, January, February, March, four months. So the teams on Monday Night Raw, they don't have anything to fight for. That's a problem. Unless they merge the divisions. The divisions should have been merged already. Teams from Raw should be on SmackDown fighting teams over there. And SmackDown teams should be on Raw fighting teams over there. We should get a huge melee of teams. We have more than enough teams in this company now with Triple H putting everybody in a trio. We should see Legato Del Fantasma in the tag team division showing up on Monday night. I hope that they eventually get to that point. Maybe when we have really one set of tag team championships because right now the Usos are still carrying around both Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. I don't know. But the lack of something to fight for in this division is going to yield rematches like this that we've seen how many fucking times before? They mean absolutely nothing. I, I think all four guys are great, but in the grand scheme of things, really, how many more times can you watch these two teams go and wrestle each other and there's nothing on the line? There's, there's nothing at stake. It's tough. WWE really needs to rectify that and fix that immediately. I don't know if the division is going to be worth caring about until WrestleMania with no sets of championships in the tag team division and no world title on this show. The Bloodline. Sami Zayn, Usos, Solo Sokoa. They made their way out there. Sami was doing his thing, dancing, rocking out. And... The Usos are in the ring with everybody. The bloodline is in your city now. That's their thing. When Roman's not there saying, acknowledge me, the bloodline is in your city. Jay says they went to war at War Games on Saturday. He says he thinks he broke his hand for real, and it was one of the toughest matches that they've ever been in, but they stood tall. Jimmy said for the first time ever, there are no cracks in the bloodline, baby. Jimmy said Kevin Owens is upset. About it all. He's mad because Sami Zayn isn't his dog. He's our dog. 
Sammy then chest bumped Jimmy Uso and then took the microphone and said, for the past six months, Jimmy has been on his side since day one. He said that means everything to him. He then walks over to Jay Uso. And Jay looked, he didn't look like he looked at Survivor Series, man. He looked a little skeptical about Sammy tonight. He looked a little, bro, I still don't like you. Why are you addressing me? Sammy says he knows Jay didn't trust him and didn't like him, but at War Games, the way he accepted him into the family at the end of the match, that, that was Usi. That's what he told Jay. Jay tried to laugh and smile, but he uh, held it together. He held his composure together. And after that, we got a Usi chant. From Virginia, which, of course, is a great thing. Sammy said, going forward, any bloodline business that needs to be taken care of, that needs to be handled, they are on the same page. Sammy offered a handshake to Jay Uso. Jay left Sammy hanging for a few seconds and then slapped his hand in a friendly way and hugged him again. So we got two hugs from Jay Uso to Sammy Zay, man. All is right in the bloodline. Love it. Absolutely great stuff. They smiled. They all went. A, they all did a group hug. A group hug. Sammy, Jimmy, and Jay. They all group hugged. Solo was standing there with his arms crossed. Sammy wanted uh, the big four group hug. Right. Solo was standing there. He didn't want nothing to do with this. He was contemplating it, but he didn't want nothing to do with this. But Kevin Owens comes out. His theme music plays, and he walks out. And that was it. That was it. No more bloodline emotional hugs. So Kevin Owens is out there. Sammy told Owens he knows he wants to change his mind. Does he want to join the bloodline? I don't know. Owens says that's not why he's out here. He says he's actually out here to tell Sammy that he totally understood why he chose to do what he did inside war games. How many times in our careers... Have I done the same exact thing to you? I'm actually not mad at you. I can't blame you one bit. I can't blame you at all for doing it. He said since Saturday, he can't help but think about how for 20 years, their careers have been linked to one another. He says he doesn't want to fight him. He doesn't want to team with him. He doesn't want to ride with him to shows. He says he's done and doesn't want anything to do with Sami Zayn. Now, that's not very oozy, K.O. That's not very oozy of K.O. Sammy said, okay, I'm fine with that. I feel the same way. He says he doesn't want to fight him again, and he's okay if he's never in the same room with him again because I don't need you anymore. I have family now. He pointed at the Usos and Solo Sokoa. Owens says he's genuinely happy for him with everything and everyone that's going on with him in the last few months. He said he finally understands. He said finally everyone in the WWE universe can now see how great he is. He says he's known that for 20 years. So he loves seeing others finally recognize how great Sami Zayn is. He says it doesn't matter how many times he calls them family He's not their real blood. And he never will be. Fans booed. 
Sammy, he stood there. He didn't really know what to say when, when Kevin Owens said that he wasn't real blood. He almost didn't want to believe it. He also, he, he just stood there and he was like, you know, he, he didn't know how to reply back to Kevin Owens. You know, he wants to, he wants to believe that, you know, he has a family in, in the Usos and Sola and Roman, the bloodline. But Kevin Owens is trying to convince him that he doesn't because he's not a part of the actual family. He's not blood. So, Jay told Sammy that he's just mad, KO, because he doesn't have any family around him. He's got a problem with Sammy. He's got a problem with me, too. Owen says, well, I got good news for you. I'm done with Sammy, but I'll still kick your ass, Jay, any day of the week. He challenged him to a match later. Jay said that's cool. He said he pinned him at War Games, and he'll pin him tonight on Raw. Now, it's not some shocking revelation, but the Bloodline storyline continues to be the best thing in all of pro wrestling. The layers that are constantly being added to this are great. And the question remains after War Games now, and then Sammy, Sammy at the highest point he can be in the Bloodline. This is it. Sammy has reached the pinnacle of his Bloodline status. There was that limbo with Roman. Squashed. Roman believed him. Roman accepted him. Roman made him an honorary Us. Then it was all about Jay. Jay Uso was the one last piece to the puzzle. And now Sami Zayn, with his actions at War Games, took the situation and Jay believes in him. Jay believes he's loyal to the bloodline. He's reached the highest status he can in the bloodline. And once you reach the top, the only where the only place you can go is down. The only situation for Sammy, Sammy Zayn is for him to fall from that top spot. When? How? I don't know. Is it going to be a situation where he defies Roman? Does he upset Roman? Does he upset Jay? Does he do something to cost somebody a major win? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But like I said before, this is the best storyline in WWE since the Daniel Bryan Yes movement and him winning the main event of WrestleMania in New Orleans. Storyline with the bloodline, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is absolutely fantastic. Everything from the acting to the emotion to the layers that we're seeing this. The reason why this is so great is because, A, it's unpredictable. We didn't expect Sami to be such a huge asset to the bloodline. We, we didn't expect it to be entertaining the way it is with Usi and all this other shit that they brought to the table. Bloodline was semi-serious, right? Sammy injected a whole new sense of, you know, story and, and laughter and comedy and emotion into the entire thing. Sammy Zayn may be the MVP of WWE for all 2022, never mind Roman Reigns. Sammy Zayn may be the MVP. So never mind Seth Rollins, Sammy Zayn. There's no denying what he's been for the bloodline. Without Sami Zayn, we're not talking about this. Without Sami Zayn, this is not the best storyline in all pro wrestling. Without Sami Zayn, you're probably even more so bored with the bloodline and bored with the direction of the group and wanting Roman Reigns and the Usos to lose their championships. Give Sami Zayn some credit. He's the best thing about this entire storyline, and he's probably the best thing in all WWE right now. The reason why this works so well also is because Sami Zayn and now with Kevin Owens involved, there is real life 
implications there. They are best friends in real life. So the emotion that you are already seeing from Sammy and him being emotional with Roman and basically on the verge of tears at Survivor Series and him when he was about to get kicked out of the bloodline, he thought, when Roman told him to rip the shirt off and he gave him a new shirt. If you thought that emotion was real, seeing Sami Zayn on the verge of real-life tears because of how great the acting is in this. Imagine when you get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn involved at at the height of this fucking feud, right? When Sami Zayn is going to need to rely on Kevin Owens. Imagine the emotion you're going to see between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the real-life connection that they have making it just indescribable. I mean, again, it's not some fucking massive revelation here. But I can't speak highly enough about this, man. I'm all over this shit because I've been preaching long-term booking. I've been preaching we want layered stories. I fully believe the reason why SmackDown's ratings have been up and have been consistent. Yes, Bray Wyatt, obviously. But before Bray, who's been here for a cup of fucking coffee, it was Roman Reigns. It was Sami Zayn. It was the bloodline. People want to invest in long-term booking. They want to be taken for a The smart ones, anyway. They want to be taken for a ride. They want an ultimate payoff that will give you nothing but the greatest of riches. The payoff to this is going to be absolutely one of those things that is going to be, you can't put a price tag on it. It is going to be downright incredible. Love it. So out of this, we got Jay Uso and Kevin Owens. That's the main event of tonight's show. We've seen it before, but I mean, I can't complain because everybody involved is doing their thing. So we go from that to Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Apparently Candice LeRae's backstage and LeRae was filmed walking. Kathy Kelly leapt at her with a microphone and asked how she's feeling heading into tonight's match. Now, I don't know if you saw. Maybe somebody can fill me in. I, I, I saw something, but then it was just so brief that we got a glimpse of somebody. Somebody there when Candace was walking down the hallway was kind of peering over a production crate. I'm not sure if that was Nikki Cross or not, or maybe it was one of Bray Wyatt's puppets. I, I couldn't tell. I'm assuming it was Nikki Cross, but I did see somebody kind of looking at Candace LeRae as she was walking down the hallway where Kathy Kelly interviewed her, asked her how she's feeling. LeRae says she hasn't been on Raw in a long time. Ever since damage control attacked her and injured her, she stammered and then grabbed the microphone and said, let me introduce myself. I need to reintroduce myself and said with confidence and determination that tonight she's taking out Dakota Kai and damage control. So that was basically that. I would assume it was uh, Nikki Cross, and it looks like we may uh, be getting something along the lines of uh, a possible Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae uh, feud starting as well. So that is that. Good to see Candice LeRae back on Monday Night Raw, but I will talk about uh, the lack of reaction for Candice LeRae a little bit later when she went one-on-one with Dakota Kai. So we got... The first hour completed. Now we're going into uh, commercial break, commercial break. At least it was picture-in-picture commercial break, but, I mean, I still don't watch the picture-in-picture commercial break. That's just me. 
We got the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. Before we get that tag team match, Byron interviewed Riddle, Matt Riddle, and Elias. Riddle says that they have great chemistry. No, they don't. And it feels like they're becoming a tag team. And it feels like they've been teaming forever. It's so good. Elias says he sees himself more as a singles artist, but he's never held gold in WWE. The Usos walked in and said they'll never win the tag team titles. Elias then challenged them for a tag team title match. Usos says they put their titles on the line against them anytime, anyplace. And that was it. Solo gave Riddle and Elias dirty looks, but it looks like we have a tag team title match next week with Elias and Riddle versus the Usos. Why? I don't know. But I hope that this is the end of Matt Riddle and Elias. And I hope that Elias, in a losing effort, turns on Matt Riddle and we get rid of this ridiculous fucking tag team. Nobody asks for it. It looks stupid. They don't make a good tag team. And Matt Riddle deserves better than fucking teaming with Elias. I still don't understand how you take him out of that Seth Rollins feud and then put him in a tag team with Elias. I get Randy Orton may not be coming back anytime soon, but if this is the best you got for Matt Riddle, I'm sorry. I mean, how about Matt Riddle versus Austin Theory for the United States title, man? I think that would be a good match. Let's start doing something with Matt Riddle a little bit more important. Street Profits, Alpha Academy. You know, Triple H hasn't done a lot of rematches. But this is one of the very few rematches that we've gotten since he's taken over in the summer. Profits Alpha Academy went about 12 minutes. We went to a uh, split-screen commercial break, and we come back from break. Otis broke up a Dawkins cover on Gable after his signature move, the silencer. Dawkins kicked Otis, who rolled out of the ring. Gable gave Dawkins a dragon screw, followed by a bridging German suplex. Montez Ford broke up the pin. Everyone was down. Everyone was slow to get up. Ford countered Otis's suplex with a body slam. Ford got fired up. Dawkins landed a spine buster. Ford landed a frog splash for the one, two, three. Good action. Can't really complain about the four guys in the ring, but we've seen it. It's not important. There's nothing on the line. There's nothing at stake. Just another random tag team match with two tag teams that have nothing to really fight over and fight for or fight towards. That's a problem. Yeah, we need to rectify that very, very, very quickly. Austin Theory. He made his way to the ring. He's the new United States champion. I feel like we're going to be here for a little bit talking about Austin Theory because people still don't seem to grasp what had happened with Austin Theory winning the United States championship and the failed cash-in that led to him winning the United States Championship. He's out there. He looked good. He looked good. Shirtless with a jacket and jeans. Good look for him. He's got the United States title over his shoulder. Who's the kid now, he says. Is it the fans? Said he had the worst money in the bank cash-in of all time. It may very well be the, the worst money in the bank cash-in of all time. That doesn't mean it was a bad decision. It was a bad cash-in. But it was a good decision. He says they called him stupid, but who looks stupid now? 
He held up his new United States championship. Fans chanted, you. You look stupid. He said he beat Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins at the same damn time. He said that makes him a two-time United States champion. He said he's no longer the next big thing, anything. It's not the next big anything. He says he has arrived, so he is now the now and forever of WWE. He says he is the face of Monday Night Raw, and he said he has to deal with jealousy because everyone wants to be him. He said he is younger, stronger, better, and unescapable. He is unescapable. He said the Austin Theory era starts now. Seth Rollins, his music plays, and he interrupts Austin Theory. I don't know what the fuck Seth Rollins was wearing, but it looked like he had raided Becky Lynch's wardrobe and chose the lamest and the most cringiest outfit that she had in her closet. That Seth Rollins outfit was a little sus, I have to admit. I would, I would like to not ever see him wear something like that again. It was like this translucent, see-through, lace thing. Looks like he had boxers on underneath, and he, he had this lacy fucking pant leg. You could see right through it. He had glasses on. I don't know what the fuck he was wearing, but I would rather not see him wear that ever again. And this is coming from somebody that has greatly enjoyed Seth Rollins' work this year. No. Seth Rollins is playing the best character of his entire career. Singles-wise, I do not want to see him wearing anything like that ever again. Ridiculous. Seth got in Theory's face and said, shut your mouth and let them sing. And they sang his theme song. Or at least chanted the, or hummed the theme Theory asks, what happens when someone so young who is so far ahead of everyone else in the industry that he makes the once upon a time undisputed future look like the past? Well, let me, let me stop. Let me stop him there. Let me stop him there. He asks, what happens when someone so young who is so far ahead of everyone else in the industry? Is Austin Theory ahead of MJF? is what I want to know. I'm going to say the answer is no. No, he is not. He's up there, but no. He's not ahead of MJF. Seth said Theory may have lucked his way into that United States title, but it doesn't change a damn thing because he knows deep down in his soul that Monday nights belong to Seth Rollins. Fans started singing Seth's song some more. And they stared at each other for a few seconds. Seth said, yeah, one thing left to say to him. Congratulations, kid. Theory's eyes were one of anger because he doesn't like to be called kid. Seth X, what's the matter? He said, if he wants to hit him or fight him now, then they don't have to wait. He says, they could do it right here, right now. He laughed like Seth Rollins only can. And added, give it your best shot, kid. He offered his chin for Austin Theory to punch him. He closed his eyes. Theory took a deep breath and said, I'll fight you, but on the champ's time. He then said in Seth's ear, and I'm not a damn kid. 
kind of bumped him with his shoulder, Austin Theory, and walked away from Seth Rollins. He walked up the entrance ramp, turned and stared back at Seth, and that was it. Now, I don't know how many of you guys watched my Survivor Series post-show, but I'm going to reiterate one part from that Survivor Series post-show here tonight just in case you guys don't know where I'm coming from. You may be new. You just might have, might have found the channel tonight because of all the, the Ronda Rousey drama that's going on. The Money in the Bank briefcase and the cash-in, I'm going to need you guys to forget about that right now. Okay? The heat that Austin Theory got in this segment, the loud boos, the interaction with Seth, the energy of the crowd. This was a normal crowd. The heat that Austin Theory got was palpable. You could taste it. When he cut his promo, he got a level of heat that has been kind of escalating over the past couple of weeks. And just by that alone and the sound of that alone, it makes everything that Triple H did, though it did look foolish, and yes, it did look ridiculous, and seeing it from a surface level, it looked to be the worst cash-in of all time. But deep down, when you uncover it and you peel back the layers of that cash-in, everything that you heard and saw tonight and at Survivor Series I'm going to need you to put the Austin Theory got buried. Austin Theory is buried. Austin Theory this, the cash-in sucked, and blah, blah, blah. It didn't do him any good. I'm going to need you to take all that and kind of just leave it at the front door. I don't want you to bring that shit into the venue. I don't want you to bring that shit to anywhere in my vicinity. It is over. Just based on what we saw at Survivor Series and based on what we heard and saw tonight in this promo with Seth Rollins, Austin Theory was clearly held down by the Money in the Bank briefcase. It may have been the worst cash-in of all time as a visual, but as far as a career aspect, this made Austin Theory into a bigger star. That Money in the Bank briefcase was the last living remnant of the Vince McMahon era. Austin Theory was a Vince McMahon protege. Triple H did not want anything lingering around from the Vince McMahon era on somebody that he's got high hopes for in Austin Theory. Austin Theory was never going to be buried. Triple H was never going to bury Austin Theory. Triple H hired Austin Theory. William Regal hired Austin Theory. Austin Theory was a budding prospect in the black and gold until they plucked him out of NXT for the pandemic era and teamed him with Andrade. Never made any sense. Now look at him. Clearly, he was never going to be a world champion, ever. With that briefcase, never. He's 25 years old. He wasn't ready for a world championship. Vince put a briefcase on him that guaranteed him a world title that he was not ready for, especially in the Roman era. If this was not the Roman era, we may be having a different discussion. But he even said it himself. He tried to come up with an excuse, and the excuse It sounded legit enough, but it was also a shoot. Every time I go cash in, somebody's there to ruin it. Brock Lesnar ruined it. Tyson Fury ruined it. Who's going to take down Roman? If I go cash in on Roman, I'm going to have to deal with the Usos and Solo and Paul Heyman and the entire bloodline. He was never going to cash in on Roman. Could he have cashed in on Roman and lost? Yes. 
But what Triple H did is he did it the way he did it, got people talking, and now look at where we are. Then we go to Survivor Series. He wins the United States Championship. Why did he win the United States Championship, J.D.? They just put it on Seth Rollins. Austin Theory was always supposed to be. He was meant to win the United States Championship. You wanted a reset of Austin Theory, didn't you? Triple H gave you a reset. He took the one thing away from him that was keeping him held down. He gave him a United States Championship. The one thing I want you to take away from what I'm about to tell you is this. Vince McMahon thought he was ready for a world championship. That's why he gave him the Money in the Bank briefcase. No. Either that or Vince didn't have a fucking clue as to what he wanted to do. Just gave it to somebody that he thought was a favorite of his. Austin Theory's 25 years old holding a United States championship in the top program on Monday Night Raw with Seth Rollins, one of the biggest baby faces, I think, in the company. How is that bad for Austin Theory? Austin Theory might not be ready for a world championship now, but everybody in the company thinks Austin Theory is the future. Triple H thinks he is, right? Triple H thinks he's a future world champion. When the time is right, how do you think we're going to get him there? You're seeing it. The briefcase is gone, and now you are seeing the evolutionary step of Austin Theory becoming a main event world champion. The United States Championship was given to him to get him ready for a world championship if he succeeds as the United States Champion. As the United States Champion right now, which is the biggest prize on Monday Night Raw, it is going to be a lot easier for him to either A, win King of the Ring and get a championship sometime next year if they bring it back, maybe win Money in the Bank all over again, done right, or just beget, or just get a world championship match because of the greatness that we've seen from this point moving forward. Holding the United States Championship is going to yield him all of the confidence and management is going to have the confidence in him to say, you know what? Now he's ready. The United States title is going to give way to a world championship, and this is why they did it. You're looking at the future. So every time someone still questions the cash-in, Fucking give it a rest already. Yes, it looks stupid. But what they did was give you something that made sense. Moving on. Byron Saxon approached The Miz. And he asked if he was carrying a bag of money, which he was. Miz said he was. And he says his hand has been re-injured. Said competing in that condition would go against any medical professional's advice. Adam Pierce walked up to the Miz and said, Enough of this shit. You don't even have the right hand taped. Pierce said the match is taking place no matter what he says. Miz said before the show is over, he'll be hearing from his lawyer. He conceded and said he'd fight Dexter, but his dream of being a WWE superstar will be over. Dexter Loomis. You know, I love pinpointing. I love pinpointing things that don't make sense. You know, Dexter Loomis wrestled The Miz in this Anything Goes match. If the, if the Miz won, Dexter Loomis is gone. Now, if Dexter Loomis wins, he gets a WWE contract to be a contracted WWE performer. 
Now, I don't know what the backstory is on Dexter Loomis. Clearly, we know he's from NXT. Clearly, we know he was with Johnny Gargano on the way. Clearly, we know he had a romantic tie-in to Indy Hartwell on NXT. Yes, we knew he had a theme music down there, which I'm assuming is the same theme music he has on the main roster. But if the main roster, who doesn't know anything about uh, about, uh, Dexter Loomis, and they don't know anything about Dexter Loomis, and he's somebody that's working without a contract in WWE, why would they have theme music for him? Just one of those things that I, I kind of look at and say, well, if he's not a WWE superstar, why does he have theme music? If Dexter Loomis was somebody that was an outside party coming in wanting a contract and fighting for one, he should have walked down the aisle with no theme music and just have Mike Rome announce him. Dexter Loomis. And he's got the whole nine. He's got the intro. He's got the commentary team. He's got the theme music. A little bizarre. I can't wait for this shit to be over. I can't. And I hope it's all over. I hope we move on from this. Crowd didn't really seem all that into this. They don't know who Dexter Loomis is. They've never seen Dexter Loomis wrestle before. But he will grow on you. He will grow on you. Miz, one of the worst offensive displays in all of the business is the Miz. And I'm just done with it. I was done with this shit about five weeks ago, six weeks ago. But we got this anything goes match. Miz tried to bail during his entrance, but Adam Pierce cut him off and grabbed the bag of money. Dexter Loomis decked the Miz, but Miz gave him a DDT. Loomis tried getting in the ring. Miz told the ref to start the match, and Loomis popped right up as the bell rang. Loomis was beating the Miz up, and we got a commercial break. After the break, Miz somehow had a one of these large uh, clamps. One of these, it looked like a, like, you ever put, like, a desk arm or or one of these uh, boom mics, these stands, a mic stand on your on your desk, uh, clamp it? He had one of these fucking big clamps, and he clasped it to Loomis's head, wanting to squeeze his head. So, I guess the Miz was trying to crush Loomis's skull, and the announcers were freaking out, and it looked absolutely fucking ridiculous. Absolutely comedy garbage from The Miz. Miz set up a table in the crowd. Loomis eventually put Miz through the table as he jumped off the barricade with an elbow drop. Miz, moments later, dropped Loomis face first in the ring as they fight back to the ring. Dropped him face first into an exposed turnbuckle he had peeled off. Tried to cover with his feet on the ropes for the leverage pin. Loomis kicked out. Loomis then kicked up. Put Miz in his silence submission, and that was basically it. Dexter Loomis wins clean. He makes the Miz pass out. He gets the money. He gets the contract, which he signed right there in front of Adam Pierce, and that was it. So Adam Pierce signs Loomis to a Monday Night Raw contract. Dexter Loomis takes the bag of money. He starts handing money out to all the little children in the crowd. He hands them $100 bills. This was probably the best part of the match. He's handing all of these bills, these $100 bills, to different kids in the crowd. One of the kids even looked at it like, did I really get $100? I I don't know. I wish I could tell you. So he was walking by a bunch of fucking adult people. Like they were were legitimately begging him for for $100. I guess people in, uh, listen, man, you take a look at these people. I don't even know if they have $100 to their names. But... 
he was walking by some of the kids. He left some of the kids hanging, which was kind of fucked up. But Miz charges back at Dexter, knocked him over. He takes the bag of money. He even yanked one of the $100 bills away from a kid that Dexter Loomis gave the bill to. Crowd booed him heavy. That was great. It reminded me of old school million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. So Miz breaks this kid's heart, steals the money back, turns back around. Johnny Gargano's right behind him. Gargano super kicks Miz down, knocks him out, gives the bag of money back to Loomis, takes the $100 bill, hands it to the kid again that Miz took it from, and that was the way the segment went off the air. I'm just, I, I listen, I hope that this is all over. I really do. I can't take this shit anymore. We are well beyond this, and honestly, this is, this is beneath Johnny Gargano. We, we need Johnny to be in something a little bit more competitive, a little bit more seriousness. I want to see Johnny be Johnny. Johnny's got a nice charisma to him. He's got a nice sense of humor to him when he wants to really change it up and switch it up a little. We know we can do the, the Daniel Bryan, come from behind, underdog babyface, but Johnny Gargano's got other layers to him that you might not appreciate. He can play a heel very good. He could be comedic. Johnny Gargano is a very well-rounded guy. He's great in the ring. But I want to see him in something a little bit more important. This shit kind of held him down. I'm glad, I, I'm glad he's there, and I'm sure he's happy to be back working for Triple H, but even at the end of the day, he's probably got to be saying, to I'm better than this. You know, I can't wait for this stuff to be over. I want to, I want to do something a little bit more uh, substantial, right? And keep your eye on Dexter Loomis, man. Dexter Loomis is a very entertaining guy in the ring. He's very good. I don't know where they go from here with Dexter Loomis, but I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved. When he was wrestling on NXT, he was, he was good shit. He was. His matches were really well-rounded, entertaining matches from Dexter Loomis. I don't know where we go from here. Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. This went 14 minutes. 14 minutes. But I will say these ladies, they killed it. This was a very good match. Very good match for both of these guys. The only thing I, I don't really care for is that Dakota hasn't really been, she hasn't really been portrayed. Damage control hasn't been portrayed in any way outside of being losers. It is, listen, let me get into the match and then I'll, then I'll give you my opinion. This was a very good match. It went 14 minutes. Um, Candice wins, I believe. Um, the match started during a commercial break. Kai's entrance was cut off. Lorraine didn't get an entrance. Bailey and Sky tried to get involved during the break. They were kicked out. They had a pretty good back and forth here, these ladies did. And Lorraine went for a springboard lion salt. Kai moved. Kai made a comeback with a scorpion kick. Went for a cover, got a near fall. So Lorraine and Dakota, they were battling on the top rope. Lorraine landed a neck breaker off the ropes. And that was it for the one, two, three. Clean win for Candice. She wins over Dakota Kai, who is still one half of the tag team champions in the women's division. Dakota Kai loses yet again. Damage control loses yet again. Lorraine has been injured. She's back. She got a solid win. Crowd didn't give two shits about Candice Lorraine. Dakota Kai is a very good professional wrestler. 
Crowd did not give a shit about Dakota Kai. Why didn't they care about Dakota Kai? Dakota Kai, like I was going to allude to before, has been portrayed, damage control has been portrayed as losers. How could you expect the crowd to give a shit about somebody who has absolutely no momentum, no heat whatsoever, and has lost almost all of her matches? I don't remember the last time Dakota Kai won a match. I don't. But you're asking the fans to get up on their feet and show that they're invested in this match. Now, it's easy to pinpoint damage control on Dakota Kai. Candice LeRae, I said this weeks ago before she got hurt, who is Candice LeRae? I know who Candice LeRae is. Candice LeRae owns one of the best women's matches in all of NXT history with Io Shirai at TakeOver Brooklyn. I urge you to go and watch that match. I know who Candice LeRae is. Do you know who Candice LeRae is? Most of the people in this, in this chat know who Candice LeRae is. Talking about the people in Norfolk, Virginia. Do they know who Candice LeRae is? No. Why don't they know who Candice LeRae is? Because Candice LeRae came back to WWE with her husband, Johnny Gargano. Nobody knew who she was. Little to no fanfare. She got thrown out there. Couple weeks. Injured. Has taken two months off. Now back. Who's Candice LeRae? Who's Candice LeRae? We got no return vignette. We got no coming soon. We got nothing on who Candice LeRae is. What's the poison pixie? Why do they call her the poison pixie? Who is Candice fucking LeRae? I don't know. I don't know. It's easy for, for, for damage control and Dakota Kai. They're, they're just losers. But Candice LeRae, so much could have been done there to a point where people would get excited about, oh, who's this new woman coming to the division? They did the same thing with Mia Yim. Who the fuck is Mia Yim to the WWE Universe? She was behind a fucking mask. For how long? Now, she did great tonight. But, I mean, she body slammed Finn Balor. A woman body slamming a guy is going to get that type of reaction because we don't see it on WWE television all that often. That's easy. Had some geek on social media chime in on my tweet. Well, I thought you said me and him didn't get any reaction. <laughs> I don't know if you're hard of hearing, but she wasn't. She wasn't getting any reactions. It's easy to body slam Finn Balor and get a fucking reaction. It's not the point. The point is, you got to go that extra mile to make the fucking fans care. And the extra mile stopped early. With damage control and Candice LeRae, she's just there. Great wrestler. But who gives a shit about Candice LeRae? Nobody. Kathy Kelly interviewed Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka backstage. Belair said she's glad it is all over between her and Bailey. She said damage control thought they could take over the women's division, but they could not. She said every plan damage control had ended up backfiring. She says they came together to win at war games. Asuka spoke frantically in Japanese. I didn't understand a fucking word she said. She acted like a fucking geek standing there with Kathy Kelly. 
Kelly then asked Bliss how she felt, and she stared off with this fagazy look. She was daydreaming, was Alexa Bliss. And then she snapped out of it, and Bianca was standing there, and she said Bianca was right. Yes, yes, yes. Bianca was right, handing uh, the fifth slot to Becky. Becky was a great call. Behind Alexa Bliss, there was a Firefly Funhouse or Bray Wyatt Moth logo that kind of flashed on the TV screen backstage. So it looks like we're, we're, we're getting Alexa Bliss um, possibly turning heel. I predicted that Bliss may turn heel at War Games, maybe pull a Dakota Kai against Tegan Knox inside War Games, turning on her own team. We didn't get it then, but it looks like Dakota Kai, and, well, not Dakota Kai, it looks like uh, Alexa Bliss, rather, is going to end up turning heel regardless. Looks like Bianca Belair may have her next opponent on Monday Night Raw in the form of Alexa Bliss. Heel Alexa Bliss. So we will see what happens. Kevin Owens and Jay Uso. This was the main event. Jay Uso was out there with Jimmy, his brother Sami Zayn, and Solo Sokoa. This went 21 minutes. I think there was three commercial breaks in this thing. Owens and Jay Uso wrestled a very good match. Very good match. Did it need to go 20 minutes? No. Owens made a few comeback attempts after Jay was beating down on him. He was quickly cut off each and every time he tried to make a comeback. Owens finally managed to hit an avalanche, fisherman's, buster, frog splash, goes for cover, gets a two count. There were uh, chants from the Virginia crowd of KO and Usi going back and forth. Jay Uso came back with a super kick. Jay couldn't make the cover. Came right back with a second super kick for a close near fall. Jay blocked a stunner, hit a third super kick for two. Owens blocked a super kick, tried to pop up powerbomb, but his back gave out and he hunched forward. Jay hit a fourth super kick and got a very close near fall off the fourth super kick. Owens knocked Jimmy off the apron, but Sokoa dropped Owens as Jay distracted the referee. Jay went for the Uso splash, but Owens dodged it, hit his stunner. That was enough for the win. One, two, three. And that was it. Sammy did not get involved, but he did slide into the ring as soon as it was over and acted shocked. Now, that was basically the end of Monday Night Raw, and they uh, abruptly went off the air because they were really getting uh, cut for time towards the end, and right at 11, it went off the air. Very good TV main event. They... Put over Owens big time. Owens is going to be a a very integral part of this bloodline storyline moving forward. I'm glad to see Owens healthy after that injury scare about a week and a half ago at a house show uh, saying that he uh, got injured. He looks great here. He went uh, war games on Saturday, and he he did uh, this match in the main event with Jey Uso. And I said this on Saturday as well. Owens has been positioned so well on Monday Night Raw. I said maybe Sheamus is going to get the, the shot at Roman at Royal Rumble. It's certainly, with, with everything that's going on here, and I feel, I feel like Owens and Roman is going to be first, the first thing to do in 2023 the, the, at the top of the list for Roman is Kevin Owens. I think we're going to get Roman and Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. We're going to revisit the Royal Rumble from a couple years ago, right? This year he had Rollins. The year before that he had Kevin Owens. We're going to revisit that Royal Rumble match, and Owens is going to try and end the streak again. Then we're going to get Sami Zayn. I don't know how Sami Zayn's going to factor into this. I don't know what's going to happen. 
Sami Zayn is going to be safe all through December and all through January. As soon as we get to the Royal Rumble, I don't know what's going to happen in the Royal Rumble. That also could be a very heavy storyline-focused match. And we could do something really, really fun in that match as it pertains to the bloodline and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But I feel like we're going to get KO and Roman. And then I feel like we're going to get Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. I mean, Montreal is just the perfect setting for Sami Zayn to get his fucking ass handed to him and get kicked out of the bloodline. Can you imagine the fucking heat in Montreal? That's going to be... I can't wait for the Royal. I can't wait for this shit to pop off. Rumble, Chamber, Mania. I don't know a lot of people want to see Sami Zayn take down Roman. I think that's a little far-fetched. I think that's a little over the top. I mean, I'm not going to complain if that is actually what Triple H decides to do, but I can't see Sami Zayn holding the Universal and WWE titles. To me, that's reserved for Cody. That's, that's what I want to see. As far as this other shit, Sammy and KO against the Usos, that's the match. That's what you're going to really make a, a top priority. That's going to be one of the major matches at WrestleMania. The bloodline is going to be powerful going in. They're going to be all powerful going in, but they will have their armor heavily dented coming out of that because of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is going to get his ass handed to him in Montreal, and the one person that's going to save him in Montreal is going to be Kevin Owens. He's going to come to his aid, and that's where we're going to see things really just get taken to that level. I don't know. You know, I've been thinking about what they do with Sami Zayn. Maybe Sami Zayn wins the fucking Royal Rumble. Maybe Sami Zayn wins the Royal Rumble, and Sami Zayn is going to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but Roman, because he's the tribal chief, says, no, 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 no. No. What if Sami Zayn wins the Royal Rumble and then gets the main event at WrestleMania against Roman, but Roman has him and forces him to put the Royal Rumble spot the Elimination Chamber. He puts Sami Zayn in the chamber, and inside the Elimination Chamber is the number one contendership for WrestleMania. And then Cody Rhodes wins that. I don't know. Can you imagine that? If Sami wins the Rumble, and Roman forces him to put that championship match on the line inside the Elimination Chamber, and something happens in that match? I don't know. It's a possibility. I think that sounds very oozy. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I thought this was a very focused, very good and fun Monday Night Raw. I thought the show flowed well. We got some new feuds budding. We got more Bloodline, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens greatness. I think that is where we are with this. And I think the majority of you guys agreed with Monday Night Raw being a very good show tonight. We are going to get into the Super Chats right now. I appreciate you guys very much for stopping by tonight. Excellent show. Super Chats, get them on in, guys. We need 100 more likes for 1,000 minimum. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Memberships are open. You're going to get them on in, and you're going, to, you're going to become a channel member right here on OTS. You're going to get those badges, those emotes. Some good shit there, man. Tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. 
make sure you guys go and check out the free web browser. It is free. Joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. You guys are going to use our unique link and get ready for the holiday season, man. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is now a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. They support over 30,000 stores online. And they range from sites that have tech, gaming products, popular fashion brands, and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites this holiday season. When you go to check out, if Honey is installed on your browser, Honey button's going to drop down. And all you have to do when it says click apply coupons, you're going to apply coupons. You're going to wait a few seconds. Honey's going to search the internet for coupons that it finds for that particular site you're shopping on. And if it finds a working coupon, you're going to watch the prices drop. And everybody wants to save some money this holiday season. Now, obviously, I'm going to be doing my Christmas shopping. I got a very short list of people I'm shopping for because I don't really care for Christmas. But normally, I always use the example of my fur babies, Bacardi and Bailey, cat trees, cat food. Uh, water balls, toys, litter, you name it. I save so much money monthly using Honey to keep them happy. If you don't already have Honey, you could straight up be missing out. Honey's found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. It's literally free. It installs in seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. And I never recommend anything I don't use. Join Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. And I want to thank them for, once again, being a great friend and a great sponsor of the podcast. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Right at the top. Right at the top. We are going to start with Joseph Taylor. JD, do you like Bon Jovi? If so, do you like any Bon Jovi songs? No. Women in their 60s listen to Bon Jovi. No. Michelle Moran with a Tadal Superchat. Hope Roman doesn't bury KO for unplanned shot Saturday. I don't know what the unplanned shot was, but we'll talk about that tomorrow on an extra. Side wrestle with a 199. What started your beef with Ryan Satin? I'm curious. Well, he tried to ruin my fucking career by chatting it up with Alexa Bliss. The whole reason why Bliss came after me the first time for the crude joke that I made was because of Ryan Satin. No doubt about it. But I'm still here, stronger than ever, and I get more views. Everybody likes me better than Ryan Satin, and I don't have a fucked up haircut, and I don't have a punchable face. Like Ryan Satin does. And to be honest with you, I'm better looking than Ryan Satin as well. And his commentary and his takes on WWE are the worst in the community. Maybe one of the worst I've ever heard. Awful. Not today, Jay, with a 999 Super Chat. I don't think Alexa is turning heel because if you notice, the Wyatt 6 or Bray's logo keeps popping up behind her. I think either she and Bray reconcile or we see a darker Alexa, but not a heel Alexa. Bro, if Alexa is going darker, she's going heel. Alexa needs to turn heel. This babyface Alexa shit sucks. She's ice cold. 
Michelle Moran with a Tadal Superjack. KO and Jay had a banger tonight. Yes, they did. 20 minutes. 199. I actually enjoyed a Raw. I actually enjoyed Raw tonight. Best Raw in a while, says Tyler. Yes, I agree with you, brother. Tony Brown with a 199 super chat. He says, my young friend. Thank you, Tony Brown. I appreciate you, brother. Nick Williams with a $100 super chat. Thank you again, brother, for your generosity tonight. Always love having Nick Williams in the chat. The cake with a $2 super chat. All oh, the love for Mickey James and Christy Knuckles. I have no idea who Christy Knuckles is, and I don't know why we're giving love for Mickey James. Did she retire? Diablo Stacola with a $5 super chat. JD, I used to think Sammy was straight trash. Now he's become the best thing on TV. Give this man an Academy Award. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. Jedi Joker 93 with a five dollar super chat. JD, random question, but if Doc and Tim the Tapman were pro wrestlers, who would be a good feud for the tag team titles in either WWE or AEW? I would love to see Tim the Tapman and Doc, Dr. Disrespect, get in there with the Street Profits. I think that would be a good matchup. Montez is tall. I think he does, and he's athletic. Doc is athletic, too. I think that would be a good match. Tim the Tapman, I feel like uh, he and uh, Angelo Dawkins could butt heads, and that would be good. Mickey James' brother passed away in a car crash. Oh, my goodness. That is awful. That happened today. Knuckles is her brother. And he passed away. I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's, that's awful. I don't even know what to say about that. Why is, why is Sasha Banks on Barmageddon? I don't know. Why am I not there? I'd love to be on that show. It's right up my alley. Jesus Christ. Her niece passed away too, huh? That's terrible, bro. That's, that's an awful situation there. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. The women's roster in WWE has not been good since 2018. I hate to say it, but this 
It's true. AW and Impact have better women's division than WWE. Not, bro, Raw women's division is, is stacked. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. SmackDown is the one that sucks. SmackDown sucks, bro. Not Raw. Colin Hutton with a $20 super chat. Usually I look forward to Seth's outlandish outfits every week, but I definitely wasn't expecting him to wear Becky's bedtime lingerie tonight. It's very clear who the man in their relationship is. LOL. Yeah, man, that uh, that uh, outfit by Seth needs to uh, get burned. Burn it down, really. Thank you, Colin. Chris G., with a 499 super chat, the bloodline turning on Sammy might be better than the festival of friendship. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There's raw emotion here. That was great for what it was, but it's not this. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. Raw was a seven out of ten for me. Thanks, Joseph. Ghost Sniper 35 Gaming with a five-dollar super chat. Do you think Ray will face Dominic after the promo before War Games this past weekend? Yes. WrestleMania. Ray versus Dominic at WrestleMania. The cake with a $2 super chat. The Ops actually agreed with you. There's hope. The Ops? Cake, who is the Ops, bro? Who agree? Who is the Ops? What do you mean there? I need to know. Don't tread on me with two $5 super chats. I wanted to know your thoughts on Alex Riley possibly coming back to WWE. And do you think it's a good idea? No. No, I do not. Kevin Patrick absolutely needs to go. He wouldn't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch because Corey Graves had to correct him. Pretty embarrassing. Kevin Patrick is awful, bro. I think everybody kind of knows that. I don't know what the fuck they're doing back there. Somebody clearly likes shitty commentary. On Monday Night Raw. It may end up being Bruce. I think this is a Bruce call. The opposition, the enemies. Ah. Good. I'm not as vile as everybody thinks I am. Garner Hara with a 499. Kevin Patrick is awful at his job. Just awful. This can't possibly be the best a $5 billion company can do, can it? Huge miss by trips if it is. OTS for life. Bro, I've been saying, man, call up Morrow, ask him what he's doing, hand him a blank check, and bring him back. Vincent Tarantini with a $100 super chat. Thank you so much, brother, for all of your love and support and trying to support the podcast outs in Virginia at Monday Night Raw tonight, man. I appreciate you very, very much. The cake with a $2 super chat. Ronda Rousey is the female Bill Goldberg. At this point, bro, I don't even know who's worse. I don't know who's worse. Christy Wilson with a 199 super chat. Becky versus Ronda would be four years too late, in my opinion. Absolutely. 
No need for that match to happen right now. Not today, Jay, with a 499 Super Chat. Ronda needs to get out. Nobody wants her in the WWE. You'd think she would take a hint. Goodbye, Ronda. Edward Liu with a 15-month VIP membership. Feels like Papa H will work on a redemption arc with Zayn and Owens after the travesty that Vince stole from Triple H with Gargano Champa. Long-term booking exists now. Yes. Yes. This is the best Owens and Zayn have looked in all of WWE so far. I want to shout out some members, man. I want to shout out some members here. I got to shout out Akachi Ra, The Visionary, Zach Seymour, JDE, Josh Ash Lee, Daniel Rodriguez, Danny in Oak Park, Telly Woseze. Lakefront Studios, Brian Fernandez, Jacob Sims, Shantae's Shot Stylish Treasures, and Nicholas Murray. You either all rejoined or joined for the first time. I appreciate every single one of you guys. VIP Club is the place to be, man. Jericho, 81-31 with a $10 Super Chat. After the cesspool we got last year with Egg Hunts and Pizza Hut Battle Royals, I was done with Survivor Series. Triple H restored my excitement in it with a great show. Not the best, but better than anything Vince has given us. Yes. Especially the last several years, man. Vince just completely destroyed Survivor Series. Justin Stripling says, Triple H says he didn't want to book a traditional elimination tag match because he wants to keep the match as fresh as he could instead of booking it every year. I Listen, that works. That works. It doesn't need to be every year as long as it makes sense. Jabril Muhammad with a 199 Super Chat. Jabril Muhammad wants... The mighty Omas voice in a geek voice. For for one ninety nine, you want that, huh? Can I do both? I can't do both. Noah, Dick, Noah Nixon. I was going to say Dixon. I got Daryl Dixon on the mic because I just finished watching the Walking Dead episode on Sunday. Um, well, with Thursday, rather. Noah Nixon with a 499. 
How would you feel about Elimination Chamber becoming a kickoff pay-per-view for SummerSlam? Winner receives SummerSlam main event for a world title. Thoughts? No. Elimination Chamber is perfect in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. M. James 2000 with a $10 super chat. In my opinion, I feel that the fans would turn on Cody just like they did in AEW if he were to win the Royal Rumble and dethrone Roman based on the popularity of Sammy Gain. Yeah, that's a good point, bro. They got to be very, very careful with that. They got to be very careful with that. Who do you know with a 499 super chat? Do you see damage control making a comeback or are they done, done for? If so, who comes? If so, who comes could come out the strongest from a feud? Bro, damage control's finished. There's no way anybody's going to legitimately care about damage control, bro. The, the, the damage has been done. Joseph King with a 10-month membership. Thank you, brother. I'd love to see MJF and Jay White go one-on-one. AW champion versus IWGP champion. Could be a good match. MJF can make anybody look good in that ring, bro. Jaquise Polk with a $5 super chat. No message. Who do you know with a $4.99? You think damage control can make a comeback or are they done for? I just said this. How would you take splitting them up? Just have Bailey leave. Just, just have Bailey walk out, bro. Lena Scorpio with a four-month VIP membership. Enjoy all your shows, J.D. You forgot to read my last Monday Super Chat the day after my birthday. You think Sasha will return at the Royal Rumble? You know, Scorpio, I have no idea. Sasha is being very, very cryptic about everything. I I thought she was going to be at Survivor Series. I give up. I give up. She wants to go do other things. No matter what she does, I'll support her. Jaquise Polk with a $5 Super Chat. John Cena versus Gunther at Mania for the IC title. No. Absolutely not. Sheamus versus Gunther at Mania for the IC title. The only IC title match that should be booked. Cena versus Austin. Cena versus Logan Paul. Gunther and Cena sounds like a great SummerSlam match. Does it need the title? No. No, I could see John Cena and Gunther. You know when I see John Cena and Gunther? I see John Cena and Gunther when Gunther is the world champion and John Cena is chasing number 17. That's what I see for John Cena and Gunther. And Chelsea with a $2 super chat. Shout out to Otis. How you doing, buddy? OTS for infinity. (laughs) Oh, man. Mercedes Varnado going to impact. <laughs> oh my God, man. They couldn't afford Mikaze. Never mind fucking Sasha Banks, man. She ain't going to impact, man. Give me a fucking break. Impact couldn't even afford the first letter in Sasha's name, man. Give me a fucking break. Impact. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to impact. I'm getting out of here, man. I'm getting out of here. I'm sore. I'm tired. And I gave you guys a two-hour stream, man. Hopefully you appreciate it. Uh, Jesse, put Call of Duty away, bro. Somebody.
bro. I don't know what it is. And there's vomit in the bathroom, bro. Somebody got a little feisty at the bar. I don't know who it was. It might be Rage. All right? I don't know what the fuck. And I got overflowing toilet in there, bro. You got you to gotta clean it, all right? I'll, I'll, see, I'll see you on Wednesday, bro, all right? Shut up, man. F- fuck your tacos, all right? Just put, put the goddamn control down. You and your, your fucking modern warfare, man. Get out of here. This fucking guy. Anyway. This guy don't listen to me, man. Hit that thumbs up. I need 45 more likes for a thousand. Can we do it before I get out of here? Before I roll the window up? Can I get can I get a thousand likes? You guys are gonna see me tomorrow. There'll be something, shorts. There'll, there'll be a video tomorrow. Follow me on social media, JD from NY206, TikTok, Cameo, Twitter, Instagram. You guys need all that stuff, it's in the description. And hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content if you missed anything over the weekend. Thank you for a great Survivor Series weekend, guys. Until then, I will see you tomorrow with more content. I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. I need those rock on emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow right back here with some more content on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.